looking for the latest news, insight into what it means, and the sharpest opinion, there's only one station in Chicago where you can turn, and it's this one. We're AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy, in our continuing series of bringing you the candidates for mayor of the city of Chicago. We've had uh, Larry Lightfoot, we've had uh, Willie Wilson, we've had Paul Vallis. Um, Troy LaRavier. Well, not as a candidate for mayor. In the early stages when he was thinking about it. Uh, we, um, I've reached out to, uh, Bill Daly. I promised that I would speak slowly so he could understand and I wouldn't use multisyllabic words. So we'll see if we can get him on. Uh, Jerry Joyce's kid is, uh, still circulating as a potential candidate as well. So we'll bring you uh, as many um, of the candidates as we can who want to have an intelligent discussion. And today's installment is Gary McCarthy. He, of course, the former superintendent of the Chicago police department for a time under outgoing mayor. Rahm Emanuel, uh, he, his uh, website, Gary, two R's, G-A-R-R-Y, GaryForMayor.com. Uh, and uh, we're pleased to be joined by Gary McCarthy. Gary, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. So uh, we've got the Van Dyke trial going on, and uh, obviously you were fired by Rahm a week after that, about a week after that uh, video surfaced. Uh, and there seems to be some conflicting things about the responsibility for how that case was handled from beginning to trial, uh, both with respect to the release of the videotape, the uh, the preemptive payment to the family. Can you give us your encapsulation of the Laquan McDonald shooting, what you did, what Rom did, uh, and your perspective on how it was handled? Um. Yeah, it's, it's not conflicting at all, Dan, if people would just listen uh, to the process. The bottom line is I was accountable, but I did not have authority to do the things that people emotionally wanted to see happen. Um, I was not in charge of the discipline system. Eddie Johnson is in the same position today. He could only make a recommendation to the police board for termination uh, or suspensions of more than 30 days. Um I was not in charge of the investigation. Same position today. It was IPRA. Today it's COPA. Um, yet I was accountable for the behavior of the officers. It, it can't work like that. That's a poor business model. Um, the bottom line has it that people don't understand the only thing I could do by Illinois state law, not by contractual obligation, was to put that officer on paid vest duty. The other thing that people need to know is that uh, the cover-up of that video did not happen on the criminal side. The U.S. attorney and the state's attorney were in charge of that investigation, working with it. The Chicago Police Department was uninvolved in that. Mm-hmm. And the Corporation Counsel, Ron Emanuel's attorney, on the civil side, implemented the cover-up by giving the family $5 million uh, to not release the video. That happened outside my purview, uh, as did the entire investigation. So it's a failed business model that needs to be changed. You can't have accountability without authority. But, but that's I, what happens. And Eddie's in the same position today. But, but just on that point, I, w- I want to make sure I understand what you just said. On the civil side, uh, Rahm Emanuel and his corp counsel, the $5 million payout, you consider that an attempt to cover up what happened and cover up the video that documented at least some of what happened. It, it, it's not an attempt. 
It was a cover-up okay. to prevent that video from being released. It was, and, and by the way, the timing of it, and I, and I forget the exact dates, but I found all of this out over the last year and a half after I was terminated. The attorneys for Laquan McDonald's family approached the city sometime around March 27th or 28th of 2015, right in the heat of the runoff with Chewy Garcia. It was in early April that the Corporation Council was in front of the City Council's Finance Committee to get approval for an agreement to give the family $5 million with the caveat that the video not be released. That is breakneck speed that has never happened in city government ever. And the other thing that's really disturbing is the fact that they did not file a lawsuit. Now, the city does not give out money if you don't file a lawsuit. Yet this is what the Corp Council... Steve Patton told the city council finance committee. And, and at one point during his testimony, which I've given to a number of news outlets and individuals during his testimony, he's asked a direct question. In, in your opinion, the officer acted within the scope of his employment and Patton says, that's right. I'm sorry, but murder is not within the scope of a police officer's employment. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that there was a rush job put through the process to keep that video from being released to make sure that the mayor won that election. And that happened on the civil side, not the criminal side, which is what people are confused about. And then Mayor Emanuel uses you as the fall guy. Have you spoken to him since then, and has he responded to your mayoral bid? No, I haven't spoken to him at all. Wow. He didn't call to congratulate me on the birth of my son. He didn't check to see if I was okay. You know, after after 35 years in policing and, and being a leader in the country in policing, you know, that was a pretty traumatic event for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've spoken to a lot of executives who, who went through the same thing. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a traumatizing thing to think that, you know, you're spending 35 years trying to stop people from dying. We're having success here in Chicago. We had 50-year lows in the murder rate, and all of a sudden, for some political uh, gain for somebody else, your career gets terminated. And, and it's happened to friends of mine in, uh, in Minneapolis. It happened to the guy in Baltimore, Tony Batts, a friend of mine. It happened to Greg Sir out in San Francisco. And it, there's no political solutions for practical problems, but that's what we keep trying to do. So why, then, are you running for mayor? What do you want to do? What do you want? To, how do you want to help the city? Well, I mean, I'm running for mayor because people came to me uh, somewhere around two years ago and, and started pushing me in that direction. I initially turned them down. Uh, they kept coming back, and every time they came back, they came with more people. Mm-hmm. And eventually, my public service DNA got to me. <laughs> and, and I want to draw that distinction. I am a public servant. I am not a politician. And... Uh, I can't stand by and watch what's happening in this city knowing how to fix it. And, and the way we need to fix it is managing city government like a business, not the political uh, things that we've done, which have led to failure. Um, we applied uh, business management to policing, and guess what? It works. Um, I helped implement performance-based government in New York City in the NYPD. And look at where New York is. A city three times the size of Chicago last year had 290 murders, and we had 770 mm-hmm. 
in 2016. It's, it's unacceptable, the accepted practices here. And, and that has to change. And people tell me it's never going to change. And my response is, it's not going to change unless somebody changes it. And I'm perfectly willing to do that. People in Chicago have told me over and over again, it's time for change. What we're doing is not working. It's really obvious. So in your last uh, full year as the police chief, 2015, there were 3,000 people shot. There were 511 homicides. Now, as you point out, those numbers, uh, the murder numbers, spiked 60% the next wow. year after you were gone to more than 800. But, but obviously, 3,000 shot, 500 murders in Chicago, as you were just describing the stats in New York, that's a person shot every two hours, three hours, a person murdered every 17 hours. That's unacceptable, too. So what were you doing that you think is working and that would need to be scaled to uh, bring down the incidence of violent crime in the city? Well, let's first of all, let's be clear about something. Compare my last three years as superintendent to the last three years since I've been terminated. There's more than 456 dead people that weren't dead before. 456 more murders in the city over the last three years. Talk about unacceptable. And what we're doing, and, and Dan, let's be clear, this whole political dynamic that started with Ferguson and expanded to Baltimore and New York City and San Francisco and other places across the country, including here, Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, has handcuffed the police and emboldened criminals all at the same time. And, and we have to have some truth-telling. We have, to, we have to, to face facts. You know, this, this consent decree in the Department of Justice coming into the city, the excuse is all about excessive use of force by the Chicago Police Department, yet nobody ever checked to look. The fact is CPD's use of force is exactly on par with the rest of the country in policing. Now, that's not a victory, but it's also not off the scale. And because of a couple of bad incidents, we flipped over the table, and as a result, the whole system has gone south. We stopped policing. And, and officers are, I'm not going to say afraid, but they're wary to get involved, and, and we hear it over and over again. I don't want to be the next headline. Yep. They're worried about their families. They're worried about their pensions. And, you know, they're being extra careful. And... Uh, the criminals at the same time have been emboldened. But, but the, you're, so that you're, political landscape has to change. And, and you're essentially saying a Mayor McCarthy is going to provide the political civilian leadership to back the police officers to have them, uh, you know, number one, having confidence that they have backing, and then number two, making them more productively, legally aggressive in law enforcement. I, I, guess, I guess that's true. But, you know, it has to do with having difficult discussions that nobody else wants to have. We have to talk about race and how we got here in the first place. Nobody wants to talk about race. It's the third rail. Mm -hmm. Yet the experience, you know, I, I chuckle when I hear people say the term reestablishing trust. You can't, you can't reestablish something you never had. And if you look at the African-American history in this country, starting with slavery, then black codes, segregation, Jim Crow, were all racist laws that were written into the law that were enforced by the white police officer. So that narrative of distrust is not going to be overcome. That 400-year history is not going to be overcome because we put on body cameras. It has to do with the social economic divide that exists in this country and the segregation that we talk about that still exists here in Chicago, 
because of the way that it was created. And, and then what do we do? We close schools and pull social services from the places that we need it the most. And then we wonder why gun violence is up. It's all interrelated, whether it's the crime, the education system, the taxes and the economy here. It's a three-legged stool, and we need a holistic approach to take care of that. It has to do with good policing, functional policing. It also has to do with legitimacy in government, Dan. Okay. You know, you can't change the law for one day to skirt municipal law, which is what we did to appoint the police superintendent after I was terminated. Well, Dan and I are both— And then you want the yeah. police to be legit. Yeah, Dan and I are both Chicagoans, and I know that we want safe streets. But also, what are we going to do about our financial woes and the pension debt for police and firefighters and CPS is in debt, our county's in debt? Do you have a financial plan to get us out of debt? Absolutely. Absolutely we do. It starts by stopping political spending. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a $252 million example. $95 million police academy that we don't need would cost $180 million because nothing gets done on time or on budget. We don't need that academy. That's a bright, shiny object, so the mayor could say, I'm all about police reform. The academy building does not train the officers. The trainers train the officers. The facility that we have is more than adequate. If we need more, we could do it a lot cheaper by rehabbing some abandoned buildings. So that's $180 million. The bike path, the Navy Pier flyover, it's a great thing, but by the same token, I could find a better way to spend $30 million that was budgeted for that, that now is up to $62 million, and it's not finished. Yeah. And then on the day Dan looks after at it every 74 day. people, <laughs> yeah, and then on the day after 74 people are shot over the weekend, you don't announce a $10 million investment in the Riverwalk, which is pretty fantastic as it is. Yeah. yeah. So that's $252 million of political spending mm-hmm. that we don't have to do. Well, uh, so the, that's first of all. Okay. Uh, I just, on the, on the, first of all, uh, second I, of all is to use, I'm sorry, Dan, it's, it's not a yes or no. Go, go ahead, go ahead. So, second of all. Is to use, use TIF funding the way that the law prescribes to use it, which is for blighted communities, not Block 37, and then getting campaign donations from, from developers. It's unacceptable the way that the finances here have been run, and we're going to have to do some forensic accounting because we do have an issue, a huge issue, but we have less of a revenue issue and more of a spending issue. Oh, yeah, there's no question about the spending issue part of it. And by the way, that flyover by Navy Pier has taken longer to build than the Golden Gate Bridge. But um, the, uh, exactly. the but, but, but on pensions, police and fire pensions, both of them are about 20% funded. Uh, you've got Rahm Emanuel wants to do a $10 billion pension bond scheme on his way out the door. More borrowing against tomorrow to pay for yesterday's obligations. What do you do about pension funds that are circling the drain? Uh, more borrowing like Rahm is proposing or something else? No, you don't borrow to pay your debt. That's like paying your Visa card with your MasterCard. Right. Yeah. The first thing we have to do is get the city into the black and... Seriously, you know, I, we're only talking about things that we know about, which is the tip of the iceberg. I don't know where the money has gone in this city. And based on what I do know about the way that it's been spent, it's going to be inappropriate, and that has to be addressed. But the, the pension issue, the $10, million, the $10 billion bonding, is only going to cover the benefits part. It's not going to pay the deficit of 10 years of not putting into that pension. So it's putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. 
and it's another thing that, that simply shouldn't be done. You don't, we have to stop borrowing to pay our debt. We have to have real budgets that mean something that we actually adhere to. Have you ever watched a budget hearing in yeah. City Hall? It's, it it's has like nothing live to do ambient. with the budget. Right. It has nothing to do with the budget. I mean, it, it's really folly, and we've got to stop that. We've got to have real budgets, not blow through them, hold people accountable, stop borrowing to pay our debt, and, and get down to brass tacks and start managing. Nothing is being managed in this city, and I really pride myself on being a manager. I was at the top of city government for 16 years in three major cities in this country. I know how to manage, and, and that's what we need to do. I see it in everything that happens here, whether they're digging up the streets during rush hour or, or whether or not we have six double buses back to back to back to back on LaSalle Street every morning blocking the box. These are just things that are not being managed that need to be managed. That's what we have to do in this city in every regard. He is Gary McCarthy, former Chicago police superintendent, now a candidate for mayor of Chicago come uh, February and April if he makes the runoff, assuming there is one. Gary, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to talking to you and tackling some more issues next time. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560. The Answer.